so glad you're in my life I'm so glad you came to save us You came from heaven to earth To show the way From the earth to the cross My debt to pay From the cross to the grave From the grave to the sky For I lift your name on your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. And you took our debt, Lord, our sin and everything, and God, you, you nailed it to the cross, Lord. You took our judgment, and Father, that's why we're here, because we can stand before you. And Lord, what an awesome privilege that is. And God, I just pray that um, our praise would uh, ascend to your throne, Lord, and that you would be magnified this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'd like to open up... Um, With 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 8, it says, We are hard-pressed on every side. Actually, no, let me go back to verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence may be of God and not of us. What is this treasure? It is, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Muted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Also carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. And that is just, man, that is such a comfort to know that when times are good, you know, we can praise the Lord in that, and when times are bad, it's just an opportunity for the power of God to be manifested through our lives. Amen? And um, I just love that. Let's sing, Don't Let Me Miss the Glory. to be told. 
In the crashing of the ocean There's a tower that no man will ever hold All the stars in the heavens Decorate your handiwork And like a mighty choir They've come to celebrate your worth Don't let me miss the glory Don't let me miss the grace All creation is singing To the honor of your name Don't let me miss the wonder
our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we Yeah. 
life he bled and died Christ will hold me fast Justice has been satisfied He will hold me fast Raised with him to endless life to you but when I go down there my whole world kind of goes weirdly sideways because I go from working 14 16 hours a day or whatever I do to all of a sudden I living I'm living in a very small house with four noisy boys and my whole life just kind of shifts and it takes me about two weeks to acclimate before I'm starting to get used to it. and then I shouldn't say enjoying it. I'm enjoying it from the get-go, but it does really do it. And just some of that in there, I think down there, I was just kind of going through a process of just kind of rethinking and looking at God again. And it's, it's really good for me spiritually, and it's really good for our family. And um, this song, along with Galatians 5, in Dwelling in the Spirit, and just understanding what his real purpose is for me it's not it's not by my strength it's not by my power but it's through my relationship with him it's through him investing into me that i can do these things and live this life it's not about it's not about my strength at all and i can't work my way to heaven in any way i cannot accomplish what god wants me to without him but i have to just come back to that place and understand that no matter how topsy-turvy my life may seem or what may be going on he will hold me fast completely and that's where i really want to put my faith and trust amen let's all stand to our feet only one song lukey these are the days of elijah declaring the word of the lord and these are the days of your servant moses righteousness being restored and though these are days of great trials of famine and darkness and sore still we are the voice in the desert crying
Jehovah. There's no God like 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 Jehovah. Behold, He comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet calls, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Behold, He comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet calls, lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. And Am I on? Yeah. All right. All right. Why don't we all gather over by this post, Benny? Denzel, you're not up here today? Not today? What do we need to get Denzel up here? More people? So you can hide behind the crowd? Who's all gone? Missing four. Almost half of your crowd. Okay. Well, you guys are just going to have to sing louder. Does that work? What do you want to sing? The which one? The fast song with the C-H? The M-A-C- C-H? That one? Is that the one you're thinking? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. I am a C. I am a C H. I am a C H R I S T I N. And I am C H R I S T in my H A R T. I am a C, I am a C-H, I am a C-H-R-I-S-E-I-N, and I am C-H-R-I-S-E in my H-A-R-T, and I will L-I-V-E-T-E-R-N-A-L-O-I. <laughs> he is an expert, he is uh, ambidextrous. I am a C, I am a C-H. I am a C-H-R-I-S-E-I-N And I am C-H-R-I-S-E in my H-A-R-T And I will L-I-V-E-E-T-E-R-N-A-L-O-Y I am a C I am a C-H I am a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N And I am C-H-R-I-S-T in my H-A-R-T And I will L-I-V-E-T-E-R-N-A-L-O-Y That's impressive if you can outrun the drums. I actually changed beats in the middle on them. <laughs> All right, what's another one? I got the joy, joy, joy. 
Oh man, you're you're adventurous. You're gonna sing that song today when you only got five of you to shout where? Yeah. Okay, I, I'll tell you what. We'll mix this up a little bit. How about you guys help that side of the room say where, and this side will ask the question, and then we'll switch it, and then we'll see which one, if you five can help that side, because there's fewer people on this side. Is it a challenge? It's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you rooting for? Okay, well, you're on Lucas's team, so I guess that's a good thing. All right. Okay. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy. Sorry, I'm all mixed up. Sorry, Katie. No wonder you're looking at me cross-eyed. Um, I've got the wonderful. And I'm so happy. So very. in my heart and I'm so happy so very happy I've got the love of Jesus in my heart cast your burdens onto Jesus for he cares for you cast your burdens onto Jesus for he cares for you Lower, lower, 
So did you know? Did you know you're supposed to get Sherry? I'm gonna pick on you. Ooh, ooh. I'm not supposed to pick on you guys anymore. Um. So when we're singing higher, higher, you're just standing behind that post. You're not even excited. She can't jump with those on. Oh, I wish I had a airsoft gun or a paintball gun. Or I'll bet you I could make you dance. <laughs> All right, I'll give you an excuse then on that. But next time, if you have like nice jumping shoes on and you're standing behind the post when they're singing about Jesus, but then when you just hit the floor, so you're supposed to get all excited when we sing about Jesus, right? She's not. Okay, well, better than King of the Jungle. That's what you want to sing. Didn't we sing that one last Sunday too? It didn't? Yeah, it did. Uh-oh, your dad disagreed with you. <laughs> hmm, what's another one? Make your dad come up here? Hang on, he'll get involved later, don't worry. I got a plan to get everybody involved eventually. All right, what's another one besides King of the Jungle? What's one we don't sing very often? You gotta think way back in your memory. Shall we ask them? What's it called? I mean, well, what's it called? <laughs> you said you can't remember. What? How did it go? What was it about? Okay. Huh? Oh my. That one's, huh? You happy in your mind? One at a time, please. What? This little light of mine's a good one. Hold up. Okay. I I gotta learn those words, Michael. One of these days I'll get those words down and then I'll sing it more often. I, I messed that one up so bad. Alright, so let's do um This Little Light of Mine, is that what you said? That's a good song. This little light of mine, do you know the motions? Do we need somebody? No, right now. Um, do we need somebody up here to do the motions for you? Your dad? Your dad knows all the motions? Okay, here comes dad. But he's bringing he's bringing a mic though. That's not fair. What would we do without that post? The girls would, the girls would. <laughs> Tiff's like, I'll hide behind the post now. This little light of mine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let Satan blow it out I'm gonna let 
till Jesus comes, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine till Jesus comes, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Shine all. How's that go? Shine all over Greeley Town. Is that what it is? You can go on and on. Mm, hang on. Okay, what was the other one I heard? What did you say? My God is so big. Sorry, Christy, you don't look so perplexed. Um, My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are His, the rivers are His, the stars are His handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Is that the end of it? Okay, well at the end of that, we're going to sing it again. At the end of it, you're supposed to find somebody. Maybe look at somebody that, you know. Well, yeah, maybe Lucas, yeah. You could all. So if maybe you think Lukey, you know, is lacking faith, you know, and he needs to believe this, then you look at him and you say, for you, at the end of it. Ah. Okay. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Mountains are His, the rivers are His, the stars are His handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do for you. You know what the problem was? There was like 50 fingers pointing back at you guys. Oops. <laughs> All right. Um, so what I'm going to want you guys to do is go sit with your parents, and then you're going to get your parents to stand up, and everybody else around you too, and we're going to do that walk, walk, walk. And you're going to get them all to do it in their benches. So we don't have a story or anything today. So you can go sit with your parents and we'll do that song yet. Okay, everybody needs to stand up though. How's this start? It's a great D. All right. I'm going to be looking at every one of you guys back here. You know, I want, I want to see you all moving. Kyle? Where's Steve? Steve, stand up. <laughs> you may have white hair, but you ain't getting away with it. All right. If you guys have any questions how to do it, watch my wife. It's a great day to praise the Lord. It's a great day to praise the Lord. It's a great day to praise the Lord. Walking in the light of God. Walk, walk, walk in the light. Woo! Walk, walk, walk in the light. 
It's a great day to love the Lord. It's a great day to love the Lord. It's a great day to love the Lord. Walking in the light of God. Walk, walk, walk in the light. Walk, walk, walk in the light. It's a great day to serve the Lord. It's a great day to serve the Lord. It's a great day to serve the Lord. Walking in the light of God. Walk, walk, walk in the light. Walk, walk, walk in the light. Walk, walk, walk in the light. All right. Well, I hope you're walking in the light of God this morning. Walking in the light of God, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. We've got all kinds of songs about the light. And I think that's our goal this morning is to walk in the light of God. First of all, to, to recognize the light of God and that it is there to shine down on our lives. It's available for each one of us to walk in. Sometimes life around us seems dark and the circumstances can seem dark, but the light of God is still there for us to shine on. His light never goes out. No matter how dim the light we feel in our lives is, God's light will never go out. Never forget that. Well, welcome. It's good to have you all here this morning. And... Uh, it's a beautiful day. It feels like spring is actually coming, at least till it is the first day of spring. So um, don't worry, it's Colorado. We'll get some more snow yet for those of you that still want it and for those of us that don't. Um, but uh, thank the Lord for the beautiful day that uh, he has given us and for bringing us together to uh, worship him this morning. I don't think we have... A whole lot of announcements uh, regarding anything this week. I don't know of anything specifically planned. Is there, Katie? I failed to really look in the bulletin. Um, so just our normal announcements. We have a meal following the uh, service here and a time of fellowship. So please stay and enjoy that time. And uh, great time of fellowship and food and Continuing to uh, serve the Lord together. Um, we have an offering box on the back of the on the back wall there. If uh, the Lord has blessed you and you can give cheerfully, please feel free to uh, give to the needs of the church here. Does anyone else have uh, anything they wanted to share yet? We had some uh, time for that during the singing, but. Uh, if you were as inspired as I was throughout the, the praise and worship time, and thank you so much, Jason and the team, for, for leading us in these times. It is special, and I felt like it was an uh, inspiring time this morning. So 
If you were inspired and it gave you a testimony, please feel free to say it. I tell you what, we got a special visitor coming on. I think he's feeling inspired. Anyone quickly before they're too distracted by the dog? <laughs> All right, let's have a prayer while Phil holds his dog tight. Thank you, Father, for this day that you have blessed us with and for uh, the time together to worship you. And I pray, Father, that your presence would be strong in our midst here and you would pour out your light on each one of our lives and you would help us to walk in that light. And, Father, I pray now that as we... Uh, come to the time of sharing your word that uh, you would give Phil the words to speak and and uh, how to use his dog for an illustration. So, uh, bless this time, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bible. Is it my own? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you should put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look at the birds. Have you looked at the birds lately? Look. Did you know that's a command? Have you ever obeyed that command from Jesus? You must look at the birds. Was that a suggestion or a command? Tell me. Have you obeyed it lately? No wonder you're so anxious. You can't even obey the simple commands of Jesus. Like look at the bird. That word look, by the way, means study. It doesn't just mean glance. Oh, look how pretty that bird. No, study the birds. All Christians should be bird watchers. They would have a lot more faith. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow 
neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, feeds them. Are you not much worth much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field. You should also, by the way, study flowers. All Christians should study these two things all their life. Have you studied flowers? Not these. These are fake. Nothing man-made, by the way. Only God-made. And why are you anxious about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field. How they grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory. Have you read about that glory lately? How rich was Solomon? Someone tell me in just a few words. How rich was he? Rich is the richest man on this planet today. Yep. How much gold did he have, by the way? Someone know? Hmm. I'm glad you know a little bit. Maybe you should go back and read the story. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, did not clothe himself like one of these little lilies. Have you compared the difference? Read about the richest man who ever lived, and yet he was not clothed as well. As richly as a lily. Well, no wonder we should study the flowers, huh? Or did Jesus stretch the truth? What do you think? Was he stretching it just a bit? Even just a little? Maybe you should look at the lilies. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace... Will he not much more do so for you, old men of little faith? Do not be anxious then, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things, the Gentiles, or that word, is the unbelievers, those who do not believe that God is their Father in heaven. Those people. They seek All these things, or all these things, the unbelievers eagerly seek. They chase after. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Worry-free Christians. You want to be one? This is the way. First, you must decide who you're going to serve. Money or God. You can't serve both. 
Yet, our nature, our human nature, as Christians, tries all the time, right? No wonder we have such a conflict of interests. And so many of God's people are conflicted people. Inside, they go this way, that way, this way. We struggle with so much anxiety. But Jesus gave us a way, starting with the most simple things of life. Look at two things, the birds and the flowers. And in them, you will see your heavenly Father's care and his riches, his rich, glorious, meticulous design of something that is just here today, gone tomorrow. How long is your life? But a vapor. Have you ever watched a vapor lately? Put on a, a kettle of water in one of those little pans that and after a while steam goes up. How long do you see that steam go up? For about how far off the can? Just uh, Once it's about this far, you can't see it anymore. Or you had a cup of coffee in the morning, in a cold morning, and you walk out and it's steaming. And think to yourself, there, that's my life. That's what God says about my life. It's that short. Whether you believe it or not, kids. Luke, always tells me, for kids, life is so long and parents are so short. Well, yeah, all in your perspective. The reason I brought the dog is for this reason. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 2, he tells us, Beware of dogs. Have you read that verse? Have you obeyed it? What did the Lord mean? Hey, Christians, beware of dogs. We live in a world where dogs are loved almost more than humans. Maybe more than humans, more than kids, more than children. People would choose a dog before they choose a child. They'll protect a dog before they protect a child. We're pretty messed up in this world. The Bible says, beware of dogs. Philippians chapter 3, you should read it. In Revelation chapter 22, he tells us where dogs belong. In heaven, there will be no dogs. Did you know that? Now you might, you know, think that's strange. It's not at all. Dogs are outside. That's why I have an outside dog. I want to be biblical, you know. I want to be heaven on earth. Dogs are outside. Okay, Lord, I get it. Dogs are outside. In Psalm 32, verse 9, beginning in verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be as the horse or the mule or the dog, I'm going to add, because it fits its purpose, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check. You know, she does have a collar on him, and he's tied to her chair. You notice how I had to control Bosker? I told him a couple times to sit. Did you get that? Did he sit? 
maybe just for a moment, you probably missed it. He did just for a little bit. But he was soul taken up with what? Charlie. And when you Solstice kids came up here, he wanted to play with you. Did you see that? Sherry, you messed him up this morning by giving him treats. He thought you had another treat probably. He had to be held by me. Or where do you think he would have went? Hmm? Everywhere. Would you have been comfortable with me just taking him off the leash? How many? Yes? Oh, there's a couple of you dog people. I know. It's okay. I know. But he would have, went, he would have been, let's say, fairly unpredictable, right? <laughs> unpredictable. You don't know what he was going to do. Or if he was even going to obey you. So you would have kept your eye on him. Right? Don't be like that. Jesus is saying to you, to me, don't be like that. I want to have a different relationship with you than putting a harness on you, a chain around your neck or a collar, or a horse with a bit and bridle, that they will not obey you unless you control them like that. Are you that kind of a Christian? Controlled by God's circumstances in your life. God has to put an accident in your way, cause your vehicle to break down, or you're something outside of your control, He has to do with you to control your day. Else you won't hear Him and you won't do His will. And you'll just go your own way, and in heaven they'll be going. He's unpredictable. What is she going to do next? They keep their eye on them. So, the Lord says, since my child doesn't have a good listening ear, and I can't instruct him because he's not listening, I'll have to guide their life through circumstance. Because I'm here to protect them. Because Bosker, he would get into all kinds of things. That are not good for him. You know why? He would, he, he's a trash hound. That's what we like to call him. When we take him for a walk, he goes for the gutter every time. Beside the sidewalk. You know what he finds there? Trash. Yep. McDonald's wrappers. Burrito wrappers. Dairy Queen leftovers. You'd be amazed what lies on the gutters out here beside the sidewalks. And he goes for it every time. He's a trash hound. You know why? What makes him a trash hound? Why does he desire that? He doesn't know what's good for him. He doesn't know what's good for him, and why else? Huh? Follows his nose. That's what guides him. His nose. Does your nose guide you? But your eyes. That's how a lot of Christians live, by their five senses. They're affected by what they hear. Ace, what they hear controls their tongue. What they see controls their tongue. What they smell controls their belly. It's what they put in. Just like a dog. Do not be like that, the Lord says. I want to instruct you and teach you the way you should go. 
I want you to live a different life, a higher life, a life with much more understanding. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18, therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you. And therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for him. O people in Zion, inhabitant in Jerusalem, you will weep no longer. He will surely be gracious to you. You know what that word gracious means? It means he will give you grace. You know how God gives you grace? How does he give you grace? Do you get grace from him? How did you get it this morning? And what is it? What is grace to you? Yes! Help! He helps me! Divine, heavenly help. Interventive help. How does he help you? He surely will be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. How will he answer you? Do you look for him, his answer in circumstances? Money. That's my answer, Lord. Money. That answers all my problems. And fix whatever's broken in my life. Circumstantial help. Is what you're looking for. No wonder you don't take the time to study the birds and the flowers. Because you're looking for his help somewhere else. And he's hearing you cry. And he's speaking to you. But you're just like Bosker. You're so distracted by the people and the dogs. And, and, and the smells and the trash food along the road. And... And you're looking for your master to control you. Well, if God doesn't want me to eat that, he'll pull me back. He'll hold me back. Are you listening to him speak to you? Not control you through circumstances. It's an amazing different life. If you haven't gone there with Jesus, no wonder you're so anxious. And you're struggling with so many things in your life. Although the Lord has given you bread of privation and water of oppression, He, your teacher, will no longer hide Himself, but your eyes will behold your teacher. Have you seen Him? And your ears shall hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left. This is what's going to happen once you begin to hear his voice. Automatic reaction. Maybe that's why so many of us have so many idols in our life. Like serving money. And you will defile your graven images overlaid with silver, your molten images plated with gold money. 
You will scatter them as impure things and say to them, Be gone from your heart. Have you done that? Have you said to the love of money, Be gone! Because you heard your teacher and you see him as he is. Oh, I love that word in 1 John chapter 3. Behold what manner of love, the ways that the Lord loves us, that we should be called the children of God. And we know this, I'm skipping a verse, but and we know this, that when we see him, we shall be like him. It turns your inside spiritual man into his nature when you see him. When your eyes behold your teacher, you become like him. Or you see him as he is. And every man who has this hope in himself. The, the places in your life that are not there yet. The things you're hoping for. Every person who has this hope in himself. Purifies himself as he is pure. Idle. Be gone. Worry. Be gone. Have you said that in your life? To your idols, be gone. You will say that when you see him and you're guided by only one thing in life, his voice in your heart. Not through circumstances anymore. His voice in your heart. This is the way. Walk in it. And you obey. John 10. Jesus said, My sheep all who are my sheep, every one of them, they're guided by one thing. My sheep hear my voice and they follow my call. This is the way walking in. Then he will give you rain for the seed which you sow in the ground and bread for the yield of the ground and it will be rich and plenteous on that day, your livestock will graze in roomy pasture. Also the oxen and the donkeys which work the ground will eat salted fodder which has been winnowed with shovel and fork. And every lofty mountain and every high hill, there will be streams running with water on the day of the great slaughter when the towers fall. And the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun. And the light of the sun will be seven times brighter than the light of seven days. Have you ever seen anything so bright? The light of the sun will be seven times brighter than the light of seven days added up. I don't know about you, but there's one thought that comes to my mind. That is one blinding light. This morning as I was walking Bosker, I got to talk to one of the neighbors here, Larry. He's a dear believer and we were fellowshipping a bit back and forth and he was rejoicing, the sun's coming up and, and we both stopped and we just took, a, took a, leap, a look right into the sun. And all of a sudden, I realized, yeah, the things of earth grow strangely dim when I look on his face shines seven times brighter than the light of the sun. 
I looked away from the sun and I could barely see Larry. I had to blink a few times. The rest of the world grows strangely dim when you look at your teacher's face and you start becoming like him. On the day the Lord binds up the fracture of his people, things begin to happen. The fractures of your broken life and broken heart, the Lord begins to bring it together and heals the bruise he has afflicted. Do not be anxious for anything. An amazing word that seems impossible and is impossible for me unless I look at him and I hear his voice and his voice blinds me, darkens the rest of my, my view and my feelings, my senses to the world I live in because... This is all that matters. This is what really matters. This is where real life happens and is. Following his voice. And it is the most fulfilling life ever can be lived. Filled with the character of Jesus. What fulfills you? You are chasing something. All of us are. We're pursuing something. Life is a pursuit. God created us as pursuers. What are you pursuing is the question, not if you are. You are pursuing something. Is it him? Or is it some other promise? And I was asking myself, after going to a funeral in Tennessee of a dear friend, what is the promised land? What is his promise to me? In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 16, for men swear by one greater than themselves and with them an oath given as confirmation an end of every, every dispute, I promise you. Promise me one thing. Settles it, right? Handshake and a promise or a contract signed gives you the settlement you've been wanting. Whatever it is that you want settled. In the same way, God, desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise, you and I, the unchangeableness of His Purpose interposed with an oath, a promise. What did he promise? In order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may have strong encouragement. What encourages you in this life? Circumstances? Money? The absence of money is discouraging. Everything goes well that day. Encouraging. 
Is that how you decide whether it's a bad day or a good day? Or how do you decide? How do you speak of it to people? How's your day going? How do you determine that? In order that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may have strong encouragement. We who have fled for refuge in laying hold of the hope set before us. What is the hope that you'll have in your heart when you see him? What is the one hope that you're reaching for? To be like him. You know, a lot of people in the world want to get to heaven. That's universally everyone's hope. There may be a few very bitter people who will say, I want to go to hell. But usually it's just as for an argument's sake. If they actually seen hell, there would be no one desiring to go there. Not even Everybody's longing for heaven. Why do you want to go there? Huh? Streets of gold? Everything goes my way? No more crying? No more sadness? No more death? All good things. But do you know, if this one thing would be missing in heaven, just this one thing, we would have this same old earth all over again. And heaven wouldn't be heaven any longer. This one thing, that when I see him, I'll be changed. First Thessalonians 5, in the twinkling of an eye, I'll be made like him. We'll all be perfect there, just like he is. That's what makes heaven heaven so glorious. There's no more sin in my life. There's no more flesh to battle against. It's dog desires. I'll be just like him. And I have that hope that I'm reaching for. And as I have that hope, he changes me day after day more into his image with this promise. I, that's my inheritance for all eternity. And I can have strong encouragement with that hope set before us, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. What makes it sure? Jesus. He's already there. He's my hope. He's my only hope. And because he's already there, my hope is sure. Where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. His days will have no end. What is his promise? His promise is found later on in Hebrews 13, verse 5. Let your character be free from the love of money. Be gone. Be gone, love of money. Say that to yourself every day. Be gone, idols, as you purify your heart from the love of this world. 
being content with what you have, that's how you say be God. You can yell at money all day long. You can yell at the desire all day long. But there's one sure step, attitude of freedom, contentment. Have you noticed that in your life? I'm just content. Paul found that. Paul did not lie when he said, I have found myself content whether I have a lot or a little. Whether I have, I'm in need or I have plenty. I'm content in whatever state I am. I'm okay. It's okay. Have you said that lately? It's okay. Contentment will set you free from the love of money. It's the only thing that will. There's no other promise except this. Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. Nor will I ever forsake you. So that we can confidently reply, say, the Lord is my helper, help, grace. He longs to be my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? That's the most confident person in the world. Heaven and earth can pass away and you won't lose your confidence. People can all of a sudden bomb your place, as we're seeing in Ukraine and other places in the world. Persecution can break out over your life. Your mother can die of cancer. Your, your young son can pass away. Or, or your wife can all of a sudden in one day be gone. Your life changed completely. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. That's confidence. But it's only found in contentment. That's where you find it. That's where he says it. To those who are content, he says, my presence is enough and I will never leave you. Have you found it is enough? Do you know how necessary his presence is in our life? You know what the epitome of hell is? The one absence in hell is who? Who won't be there? God. It won't be there. That's what makes hell hell. Not the fire. Because when God is in the fire, we don't get burned. We don't even have the smell of smoke. You remember that when God was in someone's fire? The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those three men. And who turned up the heat? The king. How much hotter than normal? Seven times than normal fire. Ever even seen a fire that hot? I don't think I have. It was so hot that the, the strong men who threw these guys in, it killed them. Can you imagine seeing that? The crowd was looking at that. And three men tied together. 
land into the flames. And all of a sudden they get up and they're walking around in the flames. What, how, how do you walk on burning wood and coal? I have no idea. Wait, maybe I do have an idea. Someone else was in the fire. Jesus, the king looks and says, it looks to me like it's the son of man, Jesus. Hell is the absence of God's presence in my life. Hell on earth is only one thing, the absence of His presence in my life. And when I, when I hear His voice and I see His face, and it's not just, I don't just smell His presence, I don't just hear His presence, I don't just have this sensational feeling, He is here. Dwelling in my heart. His presence fills this body, this temple. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Moses understood this presence and how important it was. Look at what Moses said in Exodus chapter 33. In Exodus chapter 33, we come right on the It was just after Moses had spent 40 days and 40 nights up in the mountain and the Lord had given him the the commandments. He'd also given him the five books of Moses. Did you ever wonder where Genesis was written? It was there. God spoke all of these things to Moses and he recorded them. 40 days and 40 nights. And he comes down off the mountain. And what is Israel doing? Can someone tell me what Israel is doing? Yeah. They go and they take off their earrings and they take off their, all their gold they can find and they melt it and Aaron makes it look like a calf. I have no idea why they think a calf led them out of Egypt. Where did they get that? I don't know. I don't think they were led by any bullocks or goats or bulls or calves that took them through the Red Sea. But all of a sudden, they said, this calf took us out of Egypt and they're dancing around the calf and worshiping the calf. And and Moses comes down out of the presence of God where God gave him a history lesson. And not only that, look what Moses experienced. God's presence And he comes down to this. Wow. Has it ever happened to you? You step out of the very presence of God and you walk out into the real world of idolatry all around you. People who are so anxious because they love money and they're worried sick about it or they're greedy for it. They're seeking it earnestly. Their whole life is chasing it. You've just come out of the presence of God. That's where Moses found himself. Well, the Lord did discipline Moses, I mean the people, and Moses made them drink that water after he ground the calf to powder. In verse 7, chapter 33, Now Moses used to take 
the tent and pitch it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And it came about that everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And it came about whenever Moses went out to the tent that all the people would arise and stand, each at the entrance of his tent, and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. And it came about whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship each at the entrance of his tent. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Moses said to the Lord, I'm going I'm to keep reading because the next two verses are important. Then Moses said to the Lord, See thou dost say to me, Bring up this people, be thou thyself, but thou thyself hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Moreover, thou hast said, I have known you by name, and you also have found favor in my sight. Now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thy sight, thy sight, let me know thy ways, that I may know thee, so that I may find favor in thy sight. And consider too that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said, Moses said to God, If thy presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. For how then can it be known that I have found favor in thy sight, I and thy people? Is it not by thy going with us, so that we, I, and thy people may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. And you can continue reading down through here. There's a place just before this, because of Israel's sin, that the Lord said to him, I'm not going with you anymore. I'll only send my angel to go with you. And this is what Moses was begging God for. No, Lord, not just your angel. I need you, your own presence. Would you be okay if the Lord said to you, because of your idols, because you won't say, be gone to the loves of this world that have affection on your heart. I'm not going to be living inside of you anymore. But you know what? Once in a while, you'll see an angel. He'll appear to you at night, and he'll tell you what my will is for you. And my angel will go with you. David said, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. My angel will deliver you. 
Would you say, okay, Lord, good enough. Thanks for compromising. Sounds like a pretty good deal to me. I can have all my idols. I can do my own will. I can live my life just like everybody else. The Lord's presence in my heart won't be there anymore. My heart will be empty and void. Without the presence of God, I'll be trying to fill it with money and everything else in this world, the pleasures and food and, you know, live like the dog. But thank you, you'll guide me just like your good master. I'll be your dog. If the Lord gave you a choice, you can be my dog. I'll take good care of you. Or you can be my child. I'll put my presence within you. Which will you choose? A dog's life or a child's? That's the choice you're making today. Just in case you didn't know it. That's the choice you're making today. A dog's life or a child's? Moses said, no way. Once you live in his presence, and his presence lives in here, and you are guided by his voice that you hear, and you see him for who he is in his word, like Moses, you won't go anywhere without it. You won't leave until he fills you with his presence. That promise, I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you. You're going in the fire, I'm going with you. You're going into the flood, I'm going with you. You're going through that trial, I'm going to go with you. Your wife is going to die, I'm going to be with you. Your child's going to die, I'm with you. Your property is bombed and taken over by the enemy or by some other country, I'm with you. If you will be content with me, that's where I'll live. If you make this choice, I find my contentment that you're with me. That's what you promised. That's the unchangeable oath of God in Hebrews 6. That he promised to every one of his children who pursue him with all their heart. And he becomes their life. That's his promise. And like Moses, we're going to see that that's the greatest promise he could ever give to us because their heaven is experienced on earth. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego experienced Christ in the fire, so Moses experienced God in the desert. David experienced God in the wilderness running for his life for 10 years from Saul, his father-in-law. Jesus walked this world with his father's presence and experienced every temptation that has taken you and I, yet without sin. Now he offers us that life. Michael, would you give me my phone, please? We just came from a funeral. And I want to share a bit of this testimony of this sweet sister in Christ. As we 
listened to the testimonies of her children, I sat there and realized, dear Lord, this is your promise. My Holy Spirit, in his Holy Spirit in me. John 14, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And Jesus continues through chapter 14, 15, and 16, and 17 to tell the disciples on the last night he was physically going to be with them, I will never leave you. I won't leave you as orphans. I'm going to send the comforter. My presence will dwell within you. You won't have any need that any man be your teacher. 1 John chapter 2. Because you have the anointing and he teaches you all things. My spirit will guide you into all truth. You will know me and you'll know my father. You'll know he's your dad. That relationship, all because his presence. Outside of his presence, none of it. You live a dog's life. Worried, anxious, even way worse than the dog. My dog isn't near as anxious as a lot of people in this world. Pretty amazing. This dear sister, when her young baby, her ninth child, was very young, her husband, they had a business together, and he cheated on her. She found them with his secretary in the office. He left her and divorced her and wanted nothing to do with the kids. Nine children, a young, divorced woman. She was heartbroken. She moved back within her parent, to her parents and raised her nine children, seven boys and two girls. We've known Sean, Katie, and I been blessed to get to know her for about 10 years now. And we've seen his presence in her life. And she found contentment there. It was heaven on earth for her. Her children are the proof of it. Every one of those nine children are walking with Jesus. They're all married except one of the girls now who's courting. She's been battling cancer for the last, since 2013, almost nine years. You know what? The children said about their mom, not even once did she speak a word, a negative word about dad. Not even once. She took those children and she brought them to Jesus, to his presence. And she shared his word with them and she brought them up by his grace. She fought her cancer the same way. His presence was enough. One of the boys stood up and said, he was there. She thought the cancer had gone in remission a couple years ago. And when they went to the doctor for a checkup, he was sitting beside her. And the doctor looked at her and said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Morgan. 
the cancer has come back. And it's all through your body. He said her face turned a bit gray. She didn't say. She bowed her head. And then she looked up and said, okay. Okay. Are you okay with that? Have you said okay? That's contentment. Okay, Lord. And from that day forward, she prepared for her eternal reward. You see, her promise isn't here. It's him. He is her eternal reward today. She's with him. That was the anchor of her soul. That was her contentment. And her children rise up and bless her. That was the strength of her life ever since her husband cheated on her and left her. She had him. His promise was true in her life. And now she has him for all eternity. Promise fulfilled. Where's your promised land? What are you seeking after? Is he your promise? If you find him, your contentment there, you'll struggle with all these things of emotions, but this will anchor your soul, his letter of love, and his presence. That is all we need. That's who we'll have for all eternity. Because when we see him, we'll become like him. I just got this text from a from a dear brother who's been dealing with the refugee crisis in the Muslim world. The refugee outreach has blessed me greatly. So exciting to see Muslims converting to Jesus. A baptism is coming this week. The price these Muslims pay to accept Jesus and salvation is gut-wrenching. One man was an imam. You know what an imam is in the Muslim faith? He's a teacher. He's an important teacher. He's like their pastor. One man, an imam, who twice was stabbed, suffered a crushed skull, poisoned, legs broken, and left for dead by the Muslims whose father paid to have him killed, but the AK-47 rifle jammed, whose parents, wife and child, held a funeral for him, but Jesus never left him. His presence was enough. And that price? A little affliction compared to his eternal reward. What price are you willing to pay for his presence? Dear child of God, are are you so anxious, just like the rest of the world around you, struggling with life, 
I'm talking to myself. Because so many things, God is still guiding us like a master, and I've accepted the dog's life instead of coming into his presence. And that life becomes my, his promise. It becomes my life. Derek, would you play that song for us? Thank you. Close with that. sharing you know it's it's really all about your the perspective that you have in life you know for, for me it's it's so easy to as you're going through through your week through your day getting caught up in your work and everything that uh, gets thrown at you that that in itself becomes your perspective and that's kind of all you see but the challenge is for me to allow that the things that life throws at us to put our perspective on Jesus and on on the life that we are living for him and who he wants us to be it doesn't uh Sometimes we live kind of our <clears throat> our separate lives where it's our work life and then it's our life for Christ. And I know I find myself there far too many times. But it shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. It should be that the challenges of life that come our way point us to remembering the glories that God has awaiting for us. Thank you, Phil, for sharing that. Um, hmm, not sure what's happening there. All right, uh, that concludes the end of the service here. So uh, we have a meal prepared. I believe that's ready or almost ready. So let's stand to our feet here. Carrie, do you want to dismiss us with prayer? Ask a blessing on the meal, please. Heavenly Father, thank you so much today, Lord, that we can stand here or sit here and just hear your words, Lord, and hear about you once again. And Lord, I pray that what we learn and what we hear, Lord, it would not just be words that are empty, but Lord, we would take them, apply them to our lives, and Lord, we would use them to become more of who you want us to be and help us to keep our focus on you and the things of you and life that is eternity with you. For the rest of our days, Lord, I just thank you. I pray that you bless the food that is here. Bless it to our bodies. Bless our fellowship this afternoon as we go our different ways too. In Jesus' name, amen.